with the sword of Christian theology and the shield of apologetics while taking truth into the arena of ideas. You are listening to the Bellator Christie Podcast, brought to you by BellatorChristie.com. Now join your hosts, Brian Chilton and Curtis Evelo, as we enter into the arena of ideas. questions uh, and concerns and and people can uh, interact with it so uh, well let's welcome the founder of Bellator Christie uh, Brian Chilton hey Curtis uh, do I do apologize if we had a little bit of a uh, uh, little down downward uh, sound to the beginning of the podcast the microphone was down so if you if you if when you start hearing the podcast it was a little low uh that would be the reason for it but i think it got it fixed we got it going now so but yeah talking about the uh, bible study i'm excited about that we had uh we had quite a few people joining us tonight and the numbers will increase because not everybody could be there when we recorded it but i want to let everybody know that uh if you have questions obviously you can ask the questions at bellatorchristie.com there's a page where you can go and and ask your questions but if you join us on YouTube or Facebook Live uh, Wednesday afternoons around 7 p.m. Eastern Time, uh, if you join us towards the end of our Bible study, we're going to have a time for you to ask questions live on the uh, on the Bible study. So, uh, you know, come join us. Uh, type in your questions. My son, he's there with me. He's reading the questions as we come, as we go along. So if you do have questions, it's a great time to ask. And if I don't have the answers, then we'll we'll come back and uh, on this podcast or maybe on the next week's Bible study and try to provide an answer uh, during that time. Yeah, yeah. We'll always we'll always try to dig it up and and help you uh, solve the questions that you have. So we're on to podcast number seven. Um, and uh, we're, we're winding down on this, um, and, I, and this one here is a really, uh, it's a neat one, I, I think. It's, it's, pretty, uh, it's pretty awesome to be, be doing this, and uh, we're sitting here now into um, what is the Omnisapiens. So I'm going to ask that, Brian, what is Omnisapiens? Omnisapiens is uh, the understanding coming from two words, omni meaning all, and sapiens or uh, meaning wisdom. 
Um, this is the understanding of God being an all-wise God. So when we talk about omnisapience, we're talking about the all-wisdom of God. Now you say, wait a minute, didn't you already do a podcast on the omniscience of God? You know, we already know God knows everything. What's the difference between omniscience and omnisapience? Well, um, omniscience is is the all-knowing of God, knowing all the facts and figures Wisdom, you you can think of omnisapience regarding knowledge, knowing things. Sapience or wisdom is knowing how to apply those things to make good decisions from them. So wisdom, um, excuse me, knowledge is talking about knowing things, things that exist, facts and figures, things that are, things that could be. Wisdom is knowing how to apply those things to make good decisions uh, to bring about a good end. Mm-hmm. So, question for you: Why couldn't we use a more simple word? <laughs> well, we got to sound intelligent, so we've got to throw out the Latin and the and the uh, in the Greek, you know, cardia or cardiac. Well, yeah, and some of this, some of this actually, after thinking about it a little bit, some of this may actually go back to some of the theologians in times past. Uh, for instance, uh, you have uh, Latin was a big language for the the Catholic Church years before the Protestant right. Reformation ever came about. So. Th- these these terms were probably most likely adopted from the early theologians who wrote and spoke in Latin. So I, I would dare say that's probably part of the reason. In addition yeah. to just trying to sound smart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, you know, the question is, are there reasons to hold to the omnisapience of God from Scripture? Yeah, so if you want to, we'll take turns, and, and there, are, there are little t- terms we want to show here. Uh, so the first two verses, we're gonna, it's going to describe the uh, omnisapience of God. Um, R- Romans 8.28 shows the indirection that God brings from the events of our lives to bring forth a good end. Uh, and and we've, we've heard this, you probably know this verse by heart, we know all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose. So there again, God is making, using His, his wisdom, using His knowledge, making decisions that will ultimately bring about the best good for His children. Mm-hmm. So then we got uh, described is uh, Isaiah 28, 29. So verse 29 this also comes from the Lord of armies. He, he gives wondrous advice. He's, he gives great wisdom. You know, something that just struck me as, we, as you were reading that verse, is Jesus calls the Holy Spirit the counselor. Right. And, and, and that, the reason for that is the Holy Spirit gives good advice. Of course, he's God, the presence of God, but he gives good advice, gives good direction. So his wisdom is also beyond measure, we see in Psalm 147, verse 5. Our Lord is great, vast in power. His understanding is infinite. Mm. See, and, that, and that, it's, that, goes, that plays right into what we've already discussed in the past podcast, is his understanding is infinite, mm-hmm. but the wisdom that he has to, to apply it. To us. Yeah, and so and so that would also be included in that 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 infinitude, if you want to call it that, 
the infinite wisdom of God. So he's got this understanding, and he's going to apply it over to uh, our lives. Mm, yeah. And so the profoundness, Isaiah 40, uh, verse 28. Verse 28, do you, do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the whole earth. He never becomes faint or weary. There is no limit to his understanding. And we see in Isaiah 55, verse 9, that his wisdom is superior uh, to our wisdom. And boy, this is something we need to remember, especially in our time. Uh, that For as heaven is higher than earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. The thoughts and the mind of God is so superior to ours. So he knows how to make good decisions, even better decisions than what we could ever imagine. Right. And his wisdom in creation. Jeremiah 10, 12. Uh, verse 12. He made the earth by his power, established the world by his wisdom, and spread out the heavens by his understanding. Now here's something interesting. We're going to we're, we're, we're going to, if we have time to talk about this a little bit later in the podcast. But in Proverbs eight twenty two through thirty one, lengthy. Pa- How did I get stuck with this one? I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> Long one. But uh, wisdom in the book of Proverbs is a very important note we need to make here, uh, especially in understanding the lagos or the memra. In, in Hebrew, the understanding of the Logos in creation, the wisdom of God was viewed as, as a being personified, an attribute of God that's personified, that was there in creation. And a lot of that comes from this these verses in Proverbs, which state, The Lord acquired me, this is wisdom talking, The Lord acquired me at the beginning of His creation, before His works of long ago, I was formed before ancient times from the beginning. And this doesn't mean that Jesus had a beginning. He's just talking about that this is an aspect, an attribute of God. Before the earth began, I was born. Again, notice the poetic language. When there was no watery depths and no springs filled the waters. Before the mountains were established, prior to the hills, I was given birth. Before he made the land, the fields, or the first soil on earth, I was there when he established the heavens, when he laid out the horizon on the surface of the ocean, when he placed the skies above, when the foundations of the ocean gushed out, when he set a limit for the sea so that the waters would not violate his command, when he laid out the foundations of the earth, uh, I was a skilled craftsman before beside him. I was his delight every day, always rejoicing before him. I was rejoicing in his inhabited world, delighting in the children of Adam. Mm. Wow. And then the wisdom in, his, in the historical events. Isaiah 31, 2, verse 2. But he also is wise and brings disaster. He does not go back on what he says. He will rise up against the house of the wicked and against the allies of evildoers. So here we see wisdom in in relation to bringing even judgment. God's not only wise in bringing forth good for his children, he's also wise in his execution of judgment. So interesting there. First Chronicles talks about uh, in that God knows the human mind. The wisdom knows the human mind. First Chronicles 28 and 9. As for you, Solomon, my son, know the God of your father and serve him wholeheartedly. 
and with a willing mind, for the Lord searches every heart and understands the intention of every thought. By his wisdom, he knows the intentions that every person holds. If you seek him, he will be found by you, but if you abandon him, he will reject you forever. Yeah. That one is a powerful one right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we see in Ephesians 1, uh, verse 17, that, that he gives wisdom to the human beings. Verse 17, I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, would give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. Amen. So this wisdom is something that is applicable, that God uh, grants to his children. So this is something that, that he shares with us for the one who searches right. and seeks for wisdom. Right. We seek for it or we ask for it, um, just like uh, King Solomon. He asked for, uh, asked for God's wisdom over and above everything else. He asked for God's wisdom, wisdom to be able to run the country. Absolutely. Well, it's like James says, we have not because we ask not. Uh, are we asking God? Are we believing that God can provide wisdom to us? And, Curtis, as we were talking before the podcast, do we believe that God still communicates with us? Uh, that's right. a big question that some people have to ask. Right. Yeah. So, moving on to another question here. What do we do with the passages of Scripture where it says that God repented? <laughs> this is this kind of turns into something that um, that also could be a view from from our earthly earthly perspective, where we quite don't understand how that works. Yeah, and I think a lot of this has to here again. The most important thing to interpret the Bible is context, context, context. Uh, it's like they say absolutely. with businesses, location, location, location. Context is king when it comes to interpreting the Scripture. And we have to keep the context of these verses in, in, um, in the context of the totality of Scripture. So we have to understand the message of the entire Bible and, and to help us understand the things that make, don't make sense. So we have to view those things in light of the entire scripture. So let me just give you a so, few. Go ahead. I'm sorry. So how how do we explain that to somebody that's just picking up the Bible for the first time? My meaning is they obviously have not read from the front to the back like you and I have, and and have dug through the scriptures like you and I have, or like our pastors have. They. They are just picking it up for the first time, and they're seeing this. Are these the questions that are going to come up in their in their walk, or are are these questions really not um, a factor yet? Curtis, I really believe that this is the reason why we need to have resources like what we like what we're doing here at Bellator Christie. Systematic theology is what we're doing right here. And this is the reason this is important, because we're talking about these overall themes. And so I would, I would recommend that the person who interprets Scripture, no matter if they're an expert interpreter or if they're a new beginner, always exercise humility. We must have humility, and we must search out and seek for help. We, we need to understand... So, so if you're just beginning studying Scripture, go to someone you trust. Check out our resources here at Bellator Christi. Uh, yeah. Especially look at these overarching themes 
that, that you find in Scripture. And so, I mean, Curtis, I tell you, man, we've got a lot of work to do because there are several things we need to talk about to, to, regarding these big themes in Scripture. So I would say for someone who's picking up the Word for the first time, find someone you trust, someone studied in Scripture, and that's why we've got to have people who are trained in these things going out, bringing this information to the masses, like what we did with the, the Layman's Manual on Christian Apologetics. And I'm hoping, it's, it's my vision that God has given me, to do this with other areas in the Christian walk, taking these big themes, bringing it down to to the modern layperson. Um, right. But yeah, I would exercise humility, and I would I would uh, try to find a good, um, maybe even a good systematic theology book, uh, Millard Erickson. That that's pretty complex, but uh, th- but uh, Thomas Oden. There are many others out there. And there again, ask someone you trust. Ask us here at Bellator Christie. We'll be more than happy to, to do that. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, when you're studying the Scripture for the first time and you see a verse, you, you want to keep it in context with what is taking place in that time and location. But you also want to keep, it in, keep that in mind with the totality of, of, of the biblical message. So that's going to require research. And so... I would just recommend people not to to become so adamant on interpretations that don't take the totality of Scripture in mind. And we're going to see that coming to play in this regard here. So, for instance, Genesis 6, 6-7 says this, It seems to suggest that God repents. He says, When the Lord saw that human wickedness was widespread on the earth, and that every inclination of the human mind was nothing but evil all the time. The Lord regretted that he had made man on the earth and was deeply grieved. Then the Lord said, I will wipe mankind uh, whom I created off the face of the earth together with the animals, creatures that crawl, and birds of the sky, for I regret that I made them. Now, here here again, we've got to be humble because he says, I'm going to wipe them off the face of the earth, but he spared a few. So he didn't completely wipe out humanity, because we wouldn't be here if he did, um, right. unless God recreated us. But he saved Noah, and he saved a few people that are on the ark. So First Samuel 15, 11, you want to read this for us? Sure, I was just going to add in there, that would be kind of like, um, you know, uh somebody referring to a basketball game or a baseball game or, or a football game that the season that's coming up the football season where somebody could say man they they really destroyed the cardinals or they really destroyed the packers i mean hey 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 now <laughs> <laughs> but but you see what i'm saying it, it's they they didn't really destroy them right right so it's it's a matter of of understanding that there's there's other uses of the words that are there. Well, even the whole issue of the Canaanites in the Old Testament. Right. You know, th- there's military language used where, where it said wipe out all the Canaanites. But there's right. evidence that they didn't wipe out all the Canaanites. They wiped yeah. out all of them in a certain area, or they, or they, uh, and they may have, could they have spared some? I mean, maybe they did. I don't know. But there's evidence. There's good, solid historical evidence that they didn't wipe out all the Canaanites. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's verses later that that indicate that 
um, the the Hebrew men were marrying the Canaanite women. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So if they wiped them out, how'd they do that? So well put. Yeah. So um, let's see. First Samuel fifteen, verse eleven. Uh, I regret that I made Saul king, and he has turned away from me. Follow, turned away from following me, and has not carried out my instructions. So Samuel became angry and cried out to the Lord all night. So here again, you see the aspect where God regrets doing something. But if God is all wise, would he not know that Saul was going to do what he did? Right, and that's kind of why I think um, that's a uh, communication. For example, that'd be a communication uh, to Samuel of how God is seeing Saul. I, re- I regret that I even let, let this go on. Um, it, it would just be a communication level with, with Samuel. And, and there, there, we have to understand, too, that there's, there are some anthropomorphisms used in Scripture. Complicated word. That, that basically means gi- giving God human traits. But we know God is spirit. So when we talk about oh. the eyes of the Lord or the arms of the Lord, well, if God is spirit, does He really have eyes and arms? Right. Uh, you know, He is being he sees, he acknowledges, he, he knows all, sees all, but does it mean that he uses the same type of function that we have with our own eyes? No. It's, it's a more complicated form of seeing, I guess you would say, and all that. So I think that even in this regard, we he's using language that they would have understand understood to express the emotion that he had regarding the disappointment that he had with uh, King Saul. But, uh-huh. as we're going to see, soon see, this is something that God knew all along that was going to happen from eternity past. Uh-huh. So, I mean, so even in 11, in 11 cases, God says that he would repent. And, uh, but there are, there are, um, so we read two examples of when God said he, he did repent. But there's 11 cases where he says that he would repent in the future. So let's take a look at a couple of these. Uh, Exodus 32, 12-14 says, Why should the Egyptians say he brought them out of an evil intent to kill them in the mountains and eliminate them from the face of the earth? Turn from your fierce anger and relent concerning this disaster plan for your people. Remember your servants, Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. You swore to them by yourself and declared, I will make your offspring as numerous as the stars of the sky and give your offspring all the land that I promised and they will inherit forever. So the Lord relented concerning the disaster he had said he would bring on his people. Okay, so how about read for us Amos 7, 3 before we um, go any further with this one. Okay, okay. Uh, Amos 7, uh, verse 3. The Lord relented concerning this. It will not happen, he said. Now, before this, Amos had prayed for the people. Amos was standing in the gap, praying for the people, praying for forgiveness. And because of Amos' prayer, God said, God relented and said that the disaster would not happen because of the prayer of Amos. Now, here again, keeping the totality of Scripture in mind, keeping the general themes that we're building through the systematic theology in mind, God knew that Amos would pray, and so all along God was not taken by surprise. But throughout Scripture we see these conditional statements, which which are if-then. If you receive Christ, 
then you will be saved. For instance, Romans 10, 9. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and if you believe uh, in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you shall be saved. That's a conditional statement. But it's also true in its opposite form. If you don't confess that Jesus is Lord, and if you don't believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, then you won't be saved. You will not be saved, yeah. That seems to be pretty implicit, doesn't it? It, it does. So the, these these con, the covenants are based upon these conditional statements. So, and here again, well, I th- this is going along with the whole a- episode we did last week on God and time. God is in this eternal perspective. He has this eternal time. We're going through this. A person changes, repents, and then God relents, removes the person from a state of judgment into a state of grace. Well, and, and you go back up. Let's go back up on the on the Exodus one, on verse thirteen. There, uh, it says, "Remember your servants Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, or Jacob." That's not a oh, I forgot to get <laughs> the bread. I forgot to get the bread at the store, so I remembered I got to go get that. No, that's not what that is. It's that's a that's a covenant term. That's a covenant. Um, uh, word that he's he's I choose to remember the covenant. Yeah. So, and so I mean, and this is this has been a big thing with uh, Joel Osteen. Joel Osteen says that we've got to go back and remind God of His promises. Do you really think God forgot? <laughs> I mean, did God forget His promises? He knows His promises better than we do. But in prayer, going back and remembering these covenants. We bring them to mind, and it shows God that we do remember these covenants, that we we're recognizing the legitimacy of these covenants. So, I mean, I think there are there are some, some examples in Scripture where people do that. But uh, yeah, I don't know that we have to remind God of His covenants as if He forgot. <laughs> right, right. All in God's timing. So, Numbers twenty three nineteen. Uh, let's go ahead and get into that one. It says, "God is not a man that He should lie." Or son of man that he should repent. So here again, when you don't take scripture in the totality, in its totality, this sets up a false contradiction. First Samuel fifteen twenty nine says, The glory of Israel will not lie or repent, for he is not a man that he should repent. But it just said God relented and repented. Mm-hmm. So which is true. The the text that says he repented or the text that say he doesn't repent. Here again, this is the reason why we need to keep the, we need to observe and interpret the scripture in the totality of its message, and, and also keeping this in context. So in Numbers and in First Samuel, it's talking about the nature of God that God is all knowing, He is all wise. So there's no need for Him to repent because His will and His edicts will come across His decrees will occur as God said that they would from eternity past. However, that does not mean that God is not uh, emotional. It doesn't mean that God doesn't experience or go through this walk with us. I believe He does. Um, so, So it helps us also to understand the word for repent or relent is the Hebrew word nakam, which means to be moved with pity, compassionate, to be comforted, or to change one's mind. It must be remembered. We have to remember that God is eternal. 
His decrees are eternal. God knows what will happen with certainty, but God is not also eternal. He is also going through this journey with us at this point in time. God gives us these conditional statements. And so when, when we repent of our sins, God moves us from being in a state of judgment into a state of grace. So we're no longer going to face the judgment that was originally from the beginning intended for us that we rightfully deserve. He's moved us into the state of grace so that we'll experience the heaven that He has shown or granted unto us uh, by our repentance, which He knew that we would do before we ever did it. So it has to be remembered as well that while God never changes, our status with God does. A person may move from the state of judgment to a state of grace. God didn't change, but we did, and God honors that change that we had. Now, did God know from eternity past that we would? Of course He did. But God doesn't change. Things change, societies change, people change. God never does. Mm. Yeah, so so we see it um, as, as a as a um, as a moving word for for basically a communication between God and us, then absolutely. Well, and, it's, and for instance, I think that uh, I, I think when we take too much of a literalistic interpretation of Scripture, we don't. Uh, and when I say liter- literalistic, I'm talking as Kevin Van Hooser uh, did in his book, "Is There a Meaning in a Text," which is a massive book I've been plowing through for one of my classes. Um, he said there's a difference between being literal, taking the Bible literally when it's intended to be literally, and literalistic. Literalistic is taking every word literally and not seeing how it's being used in its poetic fashion. So, for instance, in the in precatory Psalms, when David is saying, uh, go out, I wish you'd go out and dash their, their heads, their babies' heads against a stone. Is he really meaning that? Or is he just caught up in a state of anger and just, I mean, we've all been there. Well, we've been so angry that we wish something would happen to someone, and we really don't mean that, but we're speaking out of anger. We're speaking out of emotion. And I think these terms also speak of the emotional state of God, but keeping in mind that God is still God, He's still eternal, and His His plans never change. Even though we do, He never does. So, on to this, number four, uh, if God is all wise, then why did he place Adam and Eve in the garden knowing that they would fall? The only reason I add this is because I've heard people say something like this, and right. quite, quite honestly, we've answered this question so thoroughly in other podcasts that I don't think we need to spend too much time on it. Uh, it, it basically goes back to what we've mentioned before, that, that uh, God grants us free will, Right. And, and he grants us free will so that we will experience the totality of his love. So could God have created automatons or androids that would operate according to their program? Of course. But would human beings be human if that were the case? They really right. wouldn't. Right. Yeah. So then uh, number five, how do we understand the personification of wisdom in the Old Testament as understood in the New Testament? Oh, this gets good. <laughs> go back. we got to go back and remember 
the, the passage of Scripture we read in the Proverbs where it's talking about the personification of wisdom. Okay, uh-huh. And so there are several passages of Scripture in the New Testament that pick up on this concept. And I really didn't add one of the most key verses uh, when talking about this. It's talking about the Logos, which is John chapter 1. In the beginning was the word, the Logos, right. uh, and, the, and the Logos was with God, he was, and he was God, the same in the beginning, beginning with God. So there's this understanding that this wisdom of God is a personified person uh, it's an attribute of God, but it's a personified person of God. And uh-huh. so uh, let's just look through some of these. Um, and so 1 Corinthians 1, 24 and 25 state, state, Yet to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God, and he is the wisdom of God. Because God's foolishness is wiser than human wisdom, and God's weakness is stronger than human strength. Get this: we were loading rock this this past uh, this past weekend, and man, my back was worn out. Even the strongest person on earth can't even come close to the pinky of God's strength. <laughs> if, if we really stop to think about that, if God had a pinky, so uh, even the wisest person in the world doesn't hold a candle to the wisdom of God. The strongest person doesn't hold a candle to the strength of God. But we see that Christ is the power of God and he is the wisdom of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, let's go into 1 Corinthians uh, 1, uh, verse 30 and 31. Verse 30. Uh, it is from him that you are in Christ Jesus who became the wisdom from God for us, our righteousness, sanctification and redemption verse 31 in order that it as it is written let the one who boasts boasts in the lord mm. so all of our boasting needs to come from the lord because jesus christ is the one who became wisdom from god for us so he he became wisdom for, from god for us uh he is our righteousness sanctification and redemption man powerful stuff so Isaiah 9, 6, this is a uh, classic Christmas uh, prophecy. Uh-huh. But for a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be named Wonderful Counselor. Okay, He is the Wonderful Counselor. He is the one who can provide wonderful counsel because he is the Mighty God, he is the Eternal Father, and he is the Prince of Peace. Going back, looking at wisdom personified coming to earth Hmm. yeah just another one that always catches me every time i read that (laughs) is is uh listen to the wording Uh, listen listen to it as it's being read out for a child will be born for us Mm. a son will be given Mm. so there's the heavenly gift and the earthly representation absolutely yeah. So, Isaiah 11, verse 2, The Spirit of the Lord will rest on him, a spirit of wisdom and understanding, a spirit of counsel and strength, a spirit of knowledge and of fear of the Lord. So the Spirit of God is 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 thoroughly with, with this wisdom personified. It's a spirit of wisdom and understanding associated with this Christ child. Uh, Colossians... I mean, think about that when, when, when 
Jesus was reading that. Think about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, was it this one or was it 61? I, I always get those two yeah. confused because they're yeah. real, real similar, but it, 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 it doesn't matter either way. It says about the same thing. But just yeah, amazing but he, that on the readings, when he stood up in the in the yeah. in the synagogue, whenever he was uh, reading the scripture, that was the appointed reading for that day. Was right. that just a coincidence that he just so happened to read this? I think not. Nope. <laughs> Colossians two two through three says, "I want their hearts to be encouraged and joined together in love, so that they may have all the riches of complete understanding and have the knowledge of God's mystery, Christ in Him." are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge mm-hmm. in Christ. In Christ, yeah. In Christ. So the key to these under, these passages is to understand that wisdom was viewed as a personified attribute of God present at creation. Now here's the interesting thing. I think we talked about this on an earlier podcast. I know I wrote an article on this uh, about a year ago or so. Um, many early rabbinics hailed that the wisdom of God was something comparable to the Logos understanding of in Greece, in, in, in the philosophy in Greece. In fact, it was Philo of Alexandria who popularized the notion of the Logos principle. But it's Arnold Fruchtenbaum, a Messianic Jew, who argues that the concept known as the Mimra, the Hebrew Aramaic word Mimra, uh, which means word, was prevalent in Jewish writings before the time of Messiah. Fruchtenbaum notes that the, the following prevalent concepts in the Jewish understanding of the Mimra. Number one, the Mimra is the same as God, but holds certain distinctions. Um, it, uh, and, and there's an article that you can go check out that has all this in there at uh, Bellator Christie. But uh, let's see, what's the name of the article? Uh, was John's use of the Lagos... A Jewish concept. So you can read this in more uh, more detail. It was published December third, uh, twenty eighteen. But uh, he goes on to say that uh, the Mimra is involved in creation. Uh, so so there's an involvement in creation. The Mimra is an agent of salvation. He quotes here from the Targum Neophyti, uh, which says that uh, the people feared the Lord and they believed in the name of the Mimra of the Lord and in the prophecy of Moses his servant. The Targum uh, on Kelos to Exodus says that uh, here I am about to send an angel ahead of you to guard you on the road and bring you to the place that I have prepared. Beware of him and listen to his Mimra, listen to his wisdom. Uh, Mimra is my name. So this is personified uh, wisdom. The Mimra was a manifestation, understood as a manifestation of God, uh, just much like the Shekinah glory of God that came down in the Holy of Holies. And is also understood, interestingly, uh, that the Mimra it was the signer of the covenantal agreements. Um, it's interesting in John 1.17, uh, John notes that the law came through Moses, but that grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Well, in Targum Neophyte, it says, uh, one rabbinical commentator notes that God said, I will remember in my Mimra, in my word, the covenant I made with Isaac on Mount Moriah, and I shall also remember with mercy the covenant I made with Abraham between the divided parts. So it's almost like this memorize, this personified God uh, who signed forth these covenant agreements. And then the memorize is understood in rabbinical understanding to be the revealer of revelations. 
so and John also connects Jesus, the Logos, with the Father in John 1.18, who Jesus had seen. Uh, so um, also in Targum Neophyte, uh, it says that uh, in, the, in, the, in the rabbinical commentary on Exodus, it says, and Now go, and I with my Mimrah will be with the speech of your mouth, and I will teach you what to say. Um, Targum Pseudo-Jonathan says, She gave thanks before the Lord whose Mimrah had spoken to her, and she spoke thus, You are the living and enduring one who sees but is not seen. I apologize for my clock going off. Uh, and says, Behold, here indeed the glory of the Shekinah of the Lord was revealed vision after vision. So here again, it's interesting the parallels we find between the Lagos and the Mimrah in rabbinical writings. And the Mimrah being the wisdom of God personified. Personified, yeah. Yeah. And we also have a couple more. We have another article on Bellator Christi. Um, looks like it was written in 2016, um, and, uh, yeah, March 1st of 2016. And so it goes into, uh, a little bit more of this, um, wisdom from above. That's the title of it. Um, and it talks about some interesting things. Um, and so I just encourage people to, uh, to check it out, to keep checking out Bellator Christie, there is a lot of information on this website for for you to be able to dig in. And if there's something that we have a question on that, that comes up, Brian, how do people, um, how can people um, really find it without without emailing us? Is it is it? Can we just go on the search bar, or how can we do that? Yeah. So um, it. There, there are links at the bottom of a lot. There are several different ways you can. Uh, there are links at the bottom of uh, a lot of these articles. If you go towards the end, and you'll find related articles. A lot of times, these related articles will be real comparable to some of the things that we talk about. You can go to the search bar, and if you have like a certain topic you're looking for, so let me just go in here and let me just type in, say, omnipotence. Uh, Sam, we're going to type in omnipotence and see what comes up. And so um, then, then there's several different, like the podcast we did on the omnipotence of God, omnipotence and you. Uh, so there's several things that come up regarding omnipotence uh, that will show in the uh, search, after you do the search, that will come up related to that. So, uh, so, so there are different ways you can do that. Obviously, if you have a question... Uh, if you go to the top of the page at Bellator Christi, uh, you go to the right hand next to where the banner is, and there's a link that says submit a question. If you go on there and fill that out, of course, we can we can answer that for you as well. Uh, but uh, several different ways you can go about doing it. Right. Yeah, and as time goes on, um, we will have more of these uh, podcasts and uh, uh you know our Bible studies that we're going to be putting up. Um, there'll be more. There'll be more of them, and so it's going to kind of be real important that we that we actually um, have these things uh, labeled for the people to be able to come into. Um, so don't be afraid to call in and, and submit your question with the with an email. We're not going to sell your email address off to some third party. It all stays within the ministry of Bellator Christie and, and all your information. So. 
if there's any questions or anything that you have, um, we'll deal with that. And if you want to stay anonymous, you can you can label it as anonymous. If you want us to uh, speak about your name, um, just leave it on there, and we'll and we'll talk about who you are, you know, the your name, and uh, we'll announce that. So um, we just appreciate everything that, that that goes on with the people that have uh, engaged with us so far, and um, it actually has provided a good opportunity for us to really kind of just think about how uh, we answer questions for people. Absolutely. And and please, 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 if you have questions out there, please feel free to submit them. Uh, Quite honestly, I've I've been asked wonderful questions. Some of the best questions I've ever received have been from people who didn't think that – that their questions would be accepted <laughs> and they've, they've, they've had some of the most profound questions so if you have them out there please we're here for you guys let us know if you have some questions we'll be more than happy to answer what we can right right yep so here we are we're going to end this podcast I want to start with uh, thanking everybody for uh, spending the time together with us because um, we do value that time and uh, we want to be uh, knowledgeable recognize that uh, your time is important to us. Our prayers that this podcast helps stretch your mind as a place to strengthen your faith as we strive to create an atmosphere of discussion and as a reliable source of information. Join us next time on the Bellator Christian Podcast. And until next time, Brian and I say, Soldier so on, friends. You've been listening to the Bellator Christie Podcast, brought to you by bellatorchristie.com. The opinions of our guests represent their own and may not reflect those of Bellator Christi Ministries or its affiliates. The Bellator Christi Podcast and BellatorChristi.com are protected under Creative Commons copyright, all rights reserved. The opening theme is the song Crucified, written by John and Michaela Limanis, performed by Crosby Lane and produced by Mansion Entertainment. Be sure to visit our YouTube page at www.youtube.com forward slash Bellator Christie. Also, please consider leaving a positive review on the apps where this podcast is found. We thank you for joining us today and hope to see you back the next time that we step into the arena of ideas. Do you have a question about the Bible, theology, or apologetics that you've always wanted to ask but never felt comfortable asking? If so, we want to encourage you to head over to bellatorchristie.com and submit your question on the Submit a Question link. Your question will be reviewed and may be featured on a future article or podcast. Remember, the only dumb question is the one unasked. So go over to bellatorchristie.com now and submit your question. Have you ever wondered about the Christian faith, but have become bogged down by difficult terminology? Are you a Christian and faced doubts and you didn't know where to turn? Maybe your faith has been challenged and you don't know how to respond. Or perhaps you desire to learn more about how to winsomely defend your faith, but you do not have the time nor the finances to enroll in seminary. If any of these situations describes you, then consider purchasing a copy of the Layman's Manual on Christian Apologetics. This book confronts the challenges facing the Christian faith, but does so in a way that is accessible to everyone. The Layman's Manual on Christian Apologetics is available in softcover, hardcover, on the Kindle, and Nook. 
Consider purchasing a copy of the Layman's Manual on Christian Apologetics from your favorite bookstore today. Did you know that you can help the Bellator Christian Ministries by simply leaving a review? If you are enjoying this podcast, help us out by leaving a positive review on the app where this podcast is found. This helps increase the exposure of the podcast and helps others find it more easily. If you enjoy this podcast, leave a review. If not, send me an email. Either way, we want to thank you for supporting BellatorChristi.com and the Bellator Christi Podcast.